You've reached NVC Voice, a podcast for Northwest Vista College in San Antonio, Texas. Hello, this is a student at Northwest Vista College. Have you ever been in a position where you question whether letting go of someone or something is the right decision for you? Well, in my essay, Learning Something New, I've been informing you about a time I had to make that choice. It's never easy losing someone you deeply cared for. I remember the exact day when it happened to me. Bliss, a 6'1 guy who had a very soft light complexion, more of the dirty blonde side, that complimented his bluish green eyes very well. I can never keep my eyes off of his. The day started off so normal, and for once everything seemed great between us. I remember waking up so excited because I was looking forward to spending my Friday night with the person I loved with every inch of myself. As I sat through every one of my classes, waiting, staring at the clock, wishing time could just fly by this once. And it did. As we arrived at his house, we relaxed and just talked for a while, until we eventually fell asleep in each other's arms. An hour or two passes by as I got woken up by my very loud ringer. When the phone call ended, I took myself and my phone back onto the bed to lay right back down to sight bliss. Then I realized that I had got a message from my best friend. It seemed as if it was a whole essay. Keep in mind, I was laying down on my left side with Bliss's arm around me and could perfectly see my phone screen. But I didn't know that at the time. My best friend Jules was in so thrilled that I was back together and hanging out with Bliss. In that moment, I didn't want to do what she had told me, so I turned off my phone, ignoring her message. But as I did, I felt Bliss's arm let go of me and turn around. So me being very confused, I asked if everything was alright, but got no response. Then suddenly he asked if I was ready to leave, and the next thing you knew, he was up out of bed in the corner, putting his shoes on, grabbing his car keys, and heading out the door to take me home. As we got closer to my house, I gathered my things so that I could just get off the car quickly as I possibly can, because in that exact moment, I didn't want to be around someone who was making me feel as if my presence was invading theirs. As I got ready for bed, my phone started to buzz and buzz and buzz. I woke over to see several messages from Bliss. He was going on about how I shouldn't be telling my friends about our relationship problems and that I lied to my friends about issues him and I had had to to make him seem like the bad guy. He was so blinded by his pride that he couldn't even notice that he was hurting me in the process of blaming me for problems he had within himself. He put me in positions where I second-guessed myself for it, and that's when it clicked. Why am I letting a person ruin me from the inside out and have them make me wonder if I'm more than enough? And I decided it was time for me to walk away from someone who was only loving me halfway. Why was I hanging on to something for so long that I knew I was better off without? I don't know why, nor will I ever know why I let someone give me less than what I deserved. But now I look back, I can comprehend why I held on to something that was zinky for me to fall off. It's as if letting go should be the easy part, but that's where the illusion stands. Hello, I am Jenna Palafos, and you're about to listen to my story called Speechless. They say life is difficult when your parents split up, but that's not always true. Divorce is one of the most painful struggles a family could go through, especially if you have lived through it. My dad had just come home from overseas to visit for two weeks for the holidays. I was sitting on a brown spinning chair right next to the island when my parents called us to talk. Downstairs in the kitchen on New Year's Day 2018, my parents told me and my sisters about the D-word and I was speechless to find out there wouldn't be any more us. At that moment, I wish somebody would have shook me from a nightmare that needed to end immediately. My body was shaking, 
My face was feeling hot and my ears were ringing as if someone blew an air horn close to them. Jenna, are you there? My father asked, seeming very concerned as I was already on the verge of tears. Was I even there? People always say it'll be okay in the long run or it's a blessing in disguise. And two years later, I truly believe it. After my emotions started coming out, I zoomed upstairs to my room, bawling my eyes out. My body laid there like a dead corpse, but this time facing into the bed. I cried even more into my silky pillow. Shortly after I ran up to my room, everyone joined themselves. My mom knew I was not okay, and my dad for sure knew I was hurting. Julia, the middle child, knew exactly how I felt because her tears strolled down her face, whereas my youngest sister did not quite understand. It is better this way for me and your dad, said my mother. I didn't respond to my mom because the words would not come out. I turned over my body to face everyone in the room. My dad decided to invite Chris with us to Incredible Pizza. We then got into my mom's black Ford Explorer to pick up Chris and headed to Incredible Pizza. The car ride was silent as if someone passed away. I wanted to tell Chris the truth, but I didn't know how to. On the way to the place, I started thinking about how life will be. There will be two houses, two birthdays, two holidays, and two lives. People say it's not fun because parents make it difficult on their kids. When we got to Incredible Pizza, there was still that awkward tension between me and my parents. The thought of my parents already being separated for so long now made sense. I was just a kid that never caught on to reality. Just as I thought things were going to get worse, they ended up becoming a bit better. Here I am, two years later, accepting the fact that life does go on, and it does take time to heal from a tragedy, as I like to say. Looking back, I should have told myself not to worry so much. And now my mind was taken off by the go-karts inside the arcade, and we all smiled because everything was going to be okay in the long run. Hi everyone, and welcome to my podcast. Today's memoir will be A Vacation of Scars. For weeks, we had planned a summer vacation to South Padre Island, as we would do every year. The night before was like any other night with my mom yelling at my brother, sister, and I to go to sleep. Then she continued by yelling at my dad as well to go to sleep because he was going to be the one driving for the trip. Although my dad seemed not too worried about being tired, so he ended up staying awake until midnight. He knew he would not get too much sleep. Six in the morning comes around and we head out for the road, but we're all still so drowsy. One hour into the drive and my siblings and I are all asleep squished in the back seat. Shortly after, we make a pit stop at McDonald's and after, we head back on the road. Not too long into the drive and we're all back to sleep, except my dad because he was driving. As we drove through the country roads, the trip seemed to be going by so fast since we're all asleep. Sleeping through most of the trip, I soon awoke and was not sure what town we were in. As I looked towards the road, I noticed that we were driving towards the side of the road, while I also see my dad was sleeping as he was driving. I was not sure what was about to happen, but then it all happened so quickly. Being the only one awake, I see us rolling over the guardrail and down the grass hill. I was hoping it was all a nightmare, and when I woke up, we would actually be in South Padre Island. Although, it was not a dream. As the car stops rolling, we are all awake now and in a state of shock from what just happened. 
Soon, the firefighters arrived, and my mom climbs into the back seat and unders my seatbelt. One of the firefighters carefully pulls me out of my seat and placed me in front of the crunched-up car. As I sit in the grass, I notice I have open wounds from my knee to my toes. The paramedic comes to where we are sitting and explains to us that he needs to pour hydrogen peroxide over my leg to kill any infection that could possibly happen. During this time, my mom is trying to distract me from the pain by feeding me Cheerios, which is why till this day I do not like Cheerios. The ride to the hospital and the ambulance was nothing I had ever expected it to be. The road seemed so bumpy and it felt as if the driver was driving 5 miles per hour. We arrived to the hospital and after, they take me to the emergency room to clean up my leg more. After they have cleaned it, they wrap it up with gauze and bandage to keep the gauze secure from moving. As I sit there in the hospital bed, the rest of my siblings come into the room after they are all looked out for their injuries. Soon enough, we end the terrible night in a hotel near the accident scene. Eventually, we end the trip by visiting the beach, although it was nothing I had ever pictured it to be. Being six years old and being pushed around in a stroller is not a regular thing. The doctors were hoping the wounds would close on their own, although the wounds did not close, so I had to be prepared for surgery to have them close. One positive that did come out of having surgery was getting to choose a bright pink cast and having all of my family members sign it. My cast was removed a month later, and while the nurse was removing it, she accidentally ripped out my stitches while she was removing my cast. Of course, what is always something that comes after having surgery? Scabs. My mom would always tell me not to pick at them, but being six years old, I of course did. Being as young as I was when the car accident happened, I soon became very insecure of my scars all over my leg. I never saw anybody else around me with scars on their legs, so it made me want to cover them up any time I was out of the house. I would constantly wear pants at school, and when I was home, I would smother them in different crates, hoping one day they would not be as visible anymore. Although, as I became older, I realized that my scars are not something that I should be insecure about. They tell a story and how strong I was, especially at the age of six. Although my scars are unique and nobody has them. After this accident, it showed me a lot about life and how I should really cherish it. Marsha Medina, student at Northwest Vista College. Why siblings aren't as bad as you think. I am the middle child out of three, making me the most semi-youthful. The essential data just ranges my situation throughout everyday life except does not characterize me. I am a straightforward youngster that follows an everyday practice consistently. I have done little, however huge things in my earlier years that have formed who I am today. The meaning of a basic life for me is following a standard that does not exclude celebrating each week, going out to see the films on the ends of the week, or simply investing energy with companions. My life probably won't be as energizing to others, all things considered for me. I like being genuinely dynamic, which is the reason I have constructed my life around hobbies that include art, photography, and gaming. Taking an interest in these isn't the, ma the main thing that keeps me occupied through my life. Dealing with my little sister is an obligation I have remembered for my daily practice. 
Being a second mother to my younger sibling and taking an interest in hobbies are my two principal needs now throughout everyday life. The manner in which I went through my day-by-day time on earth doesn't sound spellbinding or exciting, however, it has without a doubt had a significant impact on who I am today. Even though my life does not have much diversity, basically it is just simple. It has had significant moments that have formed and shaped a responsible, organized, dependable young lady named Marsha Medina. Hello, this is a student at Northwest Vista College. Do you know what a dad pen can do to you? The deadly choice. Boom, boom. That was the sound of my heart beating out of my chest as I laid on a cold, hard floor in and out of consciousness. The disturbing noises of crying, sirens, and yelling as everyone is trying to figure out what is going on with me all because I was trying to impress everyone on my dad's birthday party. The very first thought that ran through my head was, am I about to die? As I felt like my soul was about to leave my body. All the commotion came from the tiniest dab pen that really turned my life upside down. It was my dad's birthday and my family and I just walked into his party. I stayed by myself for most of the night because I never talked to the other kids before, but I finally got the courage. I walked into the room where everyone else was and I started to make awkward conversation. Then all of a sudden, one of the guys pulled out a dab pen and asked me, Would you like to hit? He was a year older than me, and he just wanted everyone to be as high as him. My head was saying no, while my arm reached out to grab the pen. It felt like I was a puppet being controlled by everyone in the room. Smoke filled my lungs, and within seconds, I could feel the high everyone talked about. It was instantly hit with a low. It started to feel as if my throat was closing. I was then greeted by my parents, telling me that it was time to leave, and when they saw me, I prayed to the Lord that they did not notice a sudden change in my demeanor. I had propped myself up on the wall so I could look normal. Next thing you know, I am smacked down on the floor unconscious. I woke up five minutes later, and I could hear all the screaming my family was making. I had heard someone call 911, and then I blacked out. I had woken up to the feeling of cold air on my skin. I opened my eyes as wide as I could to see two EMTs. I only remember them picking me up from the stretcher and screaming, I am afraid of heights, as they put me in the back of the ambulance. Jessica, one of the EMTs who rode in the back of the ambulance with me, kept asking me what I took. I was going crazy, while my heart was racing like a cheetah, and it felt like I was going to explode. I remember specifically asking Jessica if I was going to die as she was putting me on oxygen since I was running out of breath. I had passed that again. I was woken by the EMTs giving the doctors and nurses the basic rundown of who I was, how old I was, and what had happened. The truth is Jessica never got a real answer out of me. I was too much of a coward to admit that I wanted to be cool. They put me in a room and started to run multiple tests on me. The nurses drew my blood and I gave a urine sample. Time could not move any slower. I was scared that I ruined everything with my parents. It crossed my mind that they hated me and I was just a disappointment in the family. They showed me my results. I had a high dose of marijuana in my system. It was enough to make me feel high for a couple of days. I was depressed for a few months after this incident. I stopped eating and started to sleep all day. One day I looked at myself in the mirror and saw how I had let myself go. I told myself that it was in the past and it was time for me to grow. I am now happier, and if I ever get put in a bad situation again, I now know what to say. A Trip to Remember by Rebecca Casper 
Have you ever not been close with your family and one trip changed all of that for you? Family is something that I've always valued but hasn't always been the center of my life. This event is a story about a Christmas trip that my family and I took last year. I remember it like it was just yesterday. The beautiful Golden State. It was winter 2019 and my family and I were taking a trip to California. It was in the wee hours of the morning around 5 a.m. There was a cool little breeze as we packed our car to the brim with all of our luggage as my family and I headed to the airport. As we arrived to the airport, I could already feel the nerves creeping up on me since I hate planes and flying. As we waited in line to get on our flight, that's when the anxiety and the anxiousness hit as our flight was about three and a half hours long. As we landed in Burbank, there, there it was, the beautiful, sunny, shiny state of California. We were going to be staying in California for a week. Although we originally planned to fly into Burbank and head over to the San Fernando Valley, pretty close to LA, to go to Universal, it was against our odds, though, as it was going to be raining the second day we flew in, which was going to be the day we wanted to go to Universal. On the other hand, we were going to be staying in San Diego for the second half of our trip. Instead of just sitting around and watching it, and watch it rain on our trip, we decided we would swap on which places we were going to first. So we hopped into our SUV rental with me and seven other people and drove about two hours to San Diego. The excitement running through my body wasn't like anything I'd felt in a long time, as it had been a while since my family and I had been on a trip together. It was mostly LA traffic, first half of our road trip. However, about 45 minutes into our ride, passing through all of the traffic, we finally got to see a beautiful scenic route. The ocean to the right of me and pure nature to the left of me. Soon enough, we arrived to the destination. The amazing hotel called the Hyatt Regency San Diego. La Jolla to be exact. The temperature was perfect, not, not much humidity, and was about 60 degrees considering it was Christmas time. We settled in and relaxed for a little while. Also checking out the super cool hotel we were staying at and planned a dinner for later on that night. Over the course of the next few days, we saw the beach, went to an aquarium, went to the San Diego Zoo, went to this amazing restaurant called Water Bar San Diego, hung out at this fire pit and the restaurants in our hotel. We only stayed for about three in San Diego for about three days, but they were absolutely wonderful. However, now we had to hop back into the car and make a drive back to LA as we were staying in the San Fernando Valley for the second half of our trip. All I could think about was being able to go to Universal for the first time. We got to see Harry Potter World. I got to drink butterbeer. We got on the super cool Jurassic Park ride. We got to walk to the set of The Walking Dead. Got on a Despicable Me ride, a Transformer ride, and a few more rides, but I can't remember them all. All in all, this was an amazing trip for my family and I, which made me take a step back and realize how much I should appreciate every second I get to be with them. I never spent this much time with my family in one setting. In my life, my family and I used to not be close, not used to not to be very close, and would only sit down and spend time with each other about once a week. So this really shocked me when we went through with the trip. Surprisingly, none of us fought during the vacation and genuinely enjoyed each other's time together. I really hope we do this again soon because family is everything and we will always and will always be there for you till the very end. 
I'm glad I got I came to this realization now at an early age instead of going through life thinking family isn't important. You've been listening to NVC Voice, a podcast for Northwest Vista College in San Antonio, Texas. These memoirs were written by students in 1301, Marisela Barrera's writing class during the 2020 pandemic. <laughs>